Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. According to the National Center for Health Statistics, more than a quarter of a million babies are born to teen moms in the U.S. each year. And we are going to be talking about that with best-selling author Trisha Goyer. And um, I I have to tell you, when you read some of these statistics uh, about just single moms and uh, the millions of babies that are that are born, um, I, I can't even imagine having a baby in my teens. I know I had my first child at 30 and still struggled. I was so blown away by all the dirty diapers that you have to change every day. All right, Patty, before you get too far in your dirty diaper, because I know that's a topic that you to go on with. Um, before we get too far, I just want to remind our listeners that they're listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. So let's go back for, to the dirty diapers. I knew you were. I <laughs> back there. Well, I, I can't, you know, I, I'm glad actually that I didn't know the, all the statistics on the dirty diapers before I started having my, my three children. And so if you're um, a, a gal out there that's planning on having children, you know, put your fingers in your ear and, and start singing some tunes. Don't listen to it because we don't want to frighten you away from the incredible adventure of being a mom. But guess how many diapers the average baby uh, that you have to change in a day? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's an average of like 10 times a day. So you have around 3,365 diapers in a year with just, that's just one child. So you can imagine when, you know, you have one with another one. I know I, I had mine 22 months apart. So you were still, you were changing two diapers, two kids a day. So it, it's, it's crazy when you think about that, all the costs and all the dirty diapers that you're changing. Well, and the thing with the dirty diapers is that's a lot of hauling things out to the trash can outside because you don't want that sitting inside your house. Yes. So just, just the, the, the trash management to me was, I just remember that. And even watching my, you know, my, with my grandkids and they, they're still a baby in diapers in the, in the household. And it's like, okay, yeah, you just, you know, constantly and changing and, taking out to the trash. So, well, I got to tell you the trash can, the, the, that's funny that you would say that. Cause I remember Garrett, my oldest at one point, he would say to me, mommy, the, the trash man's here. And I, I remember thinking, why is he so like enamored with the trash man? And I realized because I was saying it all the time, like saying it to Kevin, make sure, you know, on your way out, get the, get that dirty diaper bag out of here. You know, the trash man's coming. And so that was, that was a big topic. Hey, the trash man's here. So you don't even realize what they are focusing on just by what you're saying. 
yeah, how they had the association there. Well, okay, speaking about dirty diapers, I was uh, talking to a young mom, young mom this week who, um, we were because sometimes you just have to laugh, right, at the experiences that you have. And she has, like, four kids under, like, six or seven or something, you know. And, and uh, so she, we were just talking, and she, we were laughing because she had one of those weeks just last week that you go, all right, I, I just have to laugh because it's one of those, <laughs> I, I would sit in the middle of the floor and have a meltdown and cry if I thought about it too much. But, um, you know, she had two kids that, um, that went to two different doctors for two different situations. Um, one, a, a kind of an emergency situation and, um, both of both different doctors for two different children, um, misdiagnosed was giving them wrong information. You know, as a mom, sometimes you just go, I don't think that's right. I, I know my child and I don't know that that's really, you know, accurate. And thank goodness she kind of stood her ground a little bit and kind of questioned. And then it was like, okay, maybe that's not it. But one could have sent one of the children down to like the children's hospital to do cat scans and all that kind of stuff. So it was like, you know, had, had you not going, I know my child and I don't think this is, we're at this point, it could have been pretty, pretty intense with that. And then she had another child that, you know, yet last weekend being Easter and got new Easter shoes and, um, <laughs> discovered that this child had stepped in um, poop and then decided to walk around the house in it. So there was like a trail of, you know, um, you know, talk about dirty diapers, poop left around. And I was just laughing going, she was sitting on the floor and just playing with one of the kids and looked over and go, oh, there's a leaf on the floor. And it was not a leaf. So it's one of those, you just have to go, all right. And that was all in a, in a couple of days times. So, um, <laughs> And you know what, and, and I, when you hear those stories, you, you laugh because we've all been there. You know, we've yes. all our stories of, of that where you go, I could just sit on the floor and cry right now. And, you know, and, but I have to laugh at it. And this too shall pass. I just remember repeating those words, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. But, you know, today we're talking about single moms. And, you know, some, that is, I feel for single moms because, um, you know, I wasn't a single mom. And even with two parents in the house, it is still exhausting. It is still, um, it's still hard, you know? And so, um, we're going to be talking a little bit about, you know, just single moms and, and how, you know, you don't have to be a statistic and, and all the statistics out there with that. But truly, you know, how does, how do we rally around when we see single moms and just other moms, you know, we just need each other to go. I, I get it. I totally understand um, what you're going through because, you know, there's so many levels of, um, you know, the parenting from the cost. And I know you, I think you have more statistics on like the cost and just different things, don't you? Oh yeah. Are you doing your research? I know. Well, I, I do. Like I said, I love statistics, but I'm glad I didn't know the statistics before I, I started having a family, but just, um, on, on diapers alone, we talked about, you know, how many diapers you're going through a day, but you're, you're spending about 750 to to $1,000 on a diaper, diaper pill refills, all, all that stuff. Um, and obviously, you know, there's that argument. I remember it stressed me out a little bit back when I, I started having my kids about using cloth diapers. And you thought, oh, I'm doing horrible things to the environment by, you know, buying all these pampers and just throwing, you know, plastic into the minefields. Uh, but the cloth diapers... Many times people choose to to launder them, you know, but they actually launder them themselves. 
But there's also all these services, which can actually be even more costly um, than disposable diapers. But then I remember reading something on if you are doing the laundry yourself, by the time you're using all the Tide and, uh, you know, the washing machine, the dryer and all the energy, um, it kind of just equals out on what you're doing with the environment. So all that stuff that you have to take into consideration. But the average cost of raising one child, and that's just in a two-parent family, just one child is $215,000, and that's from birth to 18. That's not including college. And just in one year, the average, just one child is 11500 and that's by... Um, you know, formula, the diapers, just all the, the baby paraphernalia that, that comes along with having a baby. The formula alone is $1,400 for a year's supply. So um, obviously, uh, nursing your, your child is, is uh, a great way to go financially. I know for some women, they just can't do it when they're working, etc. But uh, having a baby is not, not a cheap thing. So like you said, when you're, when we can rally around and support some of the the single moms that are out there, when you just helping them financially get through, you know, those first few years when you're dealing with the diapers and the formula. Well, you know, I'm so glad you you really have done your research well. I must say, I must say, like, <laughs> this is a good stat. You know what? It, it, the thing is with statistics, it's like you could read that and you could be so overwhelmed to go. There is no way. I can afford $215,000 in a lifetime. And you look at those numbers and, you know, when you, when you focus on that, it can totally like, you go, okay, I, I'm not, I can't do that. And it can overwhelm you and it can totally devastate you. And, you know, we really do have to get beyond statistics Mm -hmm. and go, you know what? It's, it's not limited statistics. Statistics don't tell the whole picture. And, and a lot of times we do limit just, you know, experiences in life, not even motherhood, because we go, you know, okay, the statistics of, you know, whatever we're trying to do, uh, you know, it doesn't look good. Instead of going, you know what, why not? Why not risk? Why not try it and, and go for it? And so we, uh, we so value just, you know, making sure we do things the right way or uh, a lot of times, and I think a lot of it is our, our American culture, is mm-hmm. we want to make sure we have it all figured out. And um, before we do something, instead of sometimes, and there's a difference in being careless when you go forward, but truly, you know, just kind of, you know, going, okay, I'm not going to be limited by a statistic and let that um, dictate my life and define my life. So um, it's really... Even our our next guest, Trisha, talks about that in her book, that I am not a statistic. And you know why I'm not a statistic? Because God doesn't do them. And I, I, what a great quote from Trisha, because it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, it's easy just to be another statistic, but not in God's eyes. Right. And I think it's really easy for us to, to categorize ourselves into that and go, I'm just another number. I'm just another, um, you know, face in the crowd and, and it doesn't really matter. And you can just feel alone and isolated. And just, we do have to remind ourselves and remind each other that, you know, God doesn't see us that way. Um, you know, we, we have hearts, we have souls, we, we love, we, you know, give love, we receive love. And that's what makes us so unique and special. And instead of going, I am defined by what I did, and, um, and the circumstances of that, that I really am, 
I, you know, I am not defined and labeled by that. And that's what I'm really excited to get into, um, you know, Trisha's story a little bit more because she has that. And you just see how God totally transforms and restores and redeems. And you can not only survive, but you can thrive. And no matter what situation you find yourself in and, you know, it, things can be, that's, I mean, it's just, it gives you hope and we Absolutely. have to live with hope and, and do all that. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by, um, Trisha Goyer, who's, who's written numerous books and who just has a passion for encouraging women. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward. With tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned, these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We hope that you're enjoying a nice mug of coffee, or maybe you're driving down the road, running your kids from 
school to school or whatever you're doing today, welcome. We are chatting with Trisha Goyer. She is a busy mom of six, grandmother of two, and wife to John. She's also a best-selling author and has published 50 books to date, has written more than 500 articles. She is a two-time Carol Award winner, as well as a Christie and ECPA Award nominee. In 2010, she was selected as one of the top 20 moms to follow on Twitter by SheKnows.com. Trisha is also on the blogging team at MomLifeToday.com, as well as TheBetterMom.com, and many other sites. We want to welcome you today, Trisha. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to connect with you guys. Yes, well, we're so excited. We've had you on in the past, and now we're talking about a whole different topic because I'm now learning so much more about you from your latest books. But, Trisha, you were born to a single mom, and then you found out yourself um, at 17 that you were pregnant. So can you just kind of Tell us your story there. Give us your background. And obviously, you are passionate about this topic, and um, this has led you into some great articles and great books. So tell us a little bit background in your story. Okay. Yeah, I was born to a single mom. My mom was actually 20 years old and in college when she got pregnant, and it was during the Vietnam War. My dad went moved to a different college to escape the draft. And I didn't even know my biological dad until I was 28 years old. So um, I was raised by my mom, and she got married when I was about four. And But really, my stepdad was the silent figure in the lazy boy. He was around, but really mm. didn't have a good relationship with him. And then did I started looking for kids? love in all the did, wrong places. Did, you, did your mom have more kids with the lazy boy dad? Yes. <laughs> she, I, have, I grew up with one brother. Okay. So it was me and my and it was very much um, my mom always took my side, my stepdad always took my brother's side. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, we were we were cared for, but it was you know very kind of distant relationship, especially with my stepdad. And so, um, you know, thirteen, I started dating and dating the wrong types of guys. I actually um, got pregnant twice in high school. I got pregnant when I was fifteen and chose to have an abortion, which is something that I really regret now. I was just scared, trying to find an answer. And um, Did you, know, you tell your mom back at, at that point, actually, when you were 15? Yeah, I did. I and did. she encouraged and, that? Um, you know, she said she... it was my choice, and so she let me decide, which, you know, I just, I mean, looking back now, I just wish I would have had some really good advice and really good encouragement. Yeah. Um, but when I got 17, I was pregnant again by the same boyfriend, and uh, this time I knew I didn't want to have an abortion again and chose to uh, parent and have my baby. So here I was, a senior in high school, one minute, you know, I'm a cheerleader, an honor roll student, you know, I'm outside, a good girl. And then, you know, everyone found out I was pregnant, and I was so embarrassed. I went to school, I had to quit cheerleading. Um, my, my boyfriend had a new girlfriend within a couple of weeks, and all my friends were going on with their senior year. So um, I ended up dropping out of regular school and finishing my credits at home because I was just so embarrassed to go to school pregnant and see my boyfriend with a new girlfriend. And, yeah, it was just a very, very hard time. Okay. We have to – I mean, right now, it's now when you said that, it brings us all back into high school. <laughs> it's hard enough yes. to, to deal with a breakup yet alone right. to be pregnant with this guy's kid and then he's with he's just moved on 
So did this new girlfriend know that you were going to be mothering his child? I mean, did you kind of just slide away secretly and drift off? Oh, I mean, she, yeah, she definitely knew. Everyone in the high, the high school knew. I went to a very small school. There's only 200 kids in the whole high school. Oh. So everybody knew everybody's business. Um, and so she totally knew, uh, and their relationship didn't last long either. But it's just, you know, I mean, these are the same kids I went to school with since kindergarten, so everyone yeah. knew. Um, and it was just hard. Like, I, I felt I was different. And there's only one other girl in school that was pregnant. You know, so it was just, I was just so embarrassed that I just, mm-hmm. it was easier for me to like drop out of school and not have to face them than to look at all the stairs and hear all the comments and all that. And at this point, did you think I'm going to give up this baby for ad- adoption or you knew I'm going to, I'm going to keep my baby? Yeah, I knew I was going to keep my baby. I had never, I never considered adoption, which now looking back, I wish I would have, even with the, with the first pregnancy, I wish I would have even thought that through. Um, but, you know, I, I love kids, and I just thought, okay, I'm going to have this baby. And I've, hear, I've heard from a lot of women that have um, chosen abortion that it's almost like a redemption baby that, okay, I get, you know, I chose uh, to have the abortion the first time, but this one I'm going to have the baby. I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to prove I'm a good mom. It's like almost proving to yourself. And I didn't, you know, I didn't, I mean, at the time I couldn't have told you that. But I think just mm-hmm. something inside me wanted to make up for the mistake that I had made before. Um, and I uh, ended up finishing my credits, and then I had a little boy three weeks after my high school graduation. Mm. Wow. Wow. Huh. That, you know what? Good for you on that. But that, and that is an interesting thought when you said, you know, redemption baby. Uh, I haven't really heard it like that. Um, and you know, just like Patty said, he's taken us back to that place of high school. I can remember that, you know, just all the, the, the emotions, the trauma, the, the, the drama with it all. And, um, and you know, I think it's easy to feel shamed in the best of situations there, um, in high school. And just then to have this on top of that and, you know, good for you to go, okay, I'm just going to, to finish school first of all, and then to, you know, have your baby. So, you know, I, like Patty said earlier too, it's like, we, we love that quote. And you said, I'm not a statistic. So how did you journey out of that to go? I'm not going to be the single mom statistic. And this is a tough road. And, and I'm sure there was a lot of feelings. I'm, I'm feeling alone. I don't fit in now with my friends who are off doing this and that. I am now a mother at home in this young age. How do you, you know, how do you work past that and work through that? Right. Well, you know, for, me, for the first couple of months, I was just stayed in bed all day because I was so depressed. Um, but then my mom and my grandma and their Bible study group really started reaching out to me, which is mm-hmm. just kudos. Looking back at you know, they're just kudos to them because I was just naughty. I mean, I really didn't want anything to do with them, <laughs> but they'd come and visit me, and they invited me to Bible study, and they gave me a baby shower. And after a while, you know, my friends were doing their own thing. They're not around. My boyfriend's not around. But these women just kept showing me that I'm important and caring about me and caring about the baby. I mean, to have this group of older women give me this baby shower and all these presents, it really meant a lot to me. And I realized, you know, if these women love me, maybe God does too. And it was during that time, I just said, you know what, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to read my Bible and go to church and pray. And that, that really was a turning point in my life where I started to have hope. 
like, okay, if God is there and I believe in Him, then, you know, I read in God's Word that He loves me. Maybe He has a good plan for my life. And that, and that totally changed my thinking from my life is over, I'm not, you know, I have, I have a boyfriend, I don't know what I'm going to do, to I have hope. Okay, I should start looking into college, and what should I do about finding a good babysitter? Like, totally changed my whole thought process to one of doom to, okay, there can be something, you know, good with my life. And I started praying for a husband that would come and that would love me and love my baby. And I uh, met John. He actually was the pastor's son at the church I started going to. And we started dating when Corey was just a baby. And uh, now we've been married, actually a couple days ago was our anniversary. We've been married 25 years now. Awesome. Um, so okay, he's Trisha, literally been there since, since before he was a baby. I got to tell you, that's so scandalous from the church that I grew up in, that the pastor's kid married the, the gal that um, that was pregnant and out of wedlock. And you go, how cool. What a great story that God just wrapped his arms around you through all these women and through this incredible husband that you have. In John, and so that's that's such a neat story, and I, I know we just have a couple minutes before we take a commercial break, but um, just in you sharing that, I know I, I grew up in a smaller church, and um, you know we everyone did what they felt like you know God was leading them to do. So it, it, it's you know you don't want to knock them for how they interpreted Scripture, but um, just to hear you say that these women from your, with your mom and in the Bible study, they, if these women love me, maybe God does. That is so powerful because so many times in the church, we don't know how to accept, like if we accept it, then the other younger girls were setting up this, you know, precedence that if this happens to you, we're going to dote on you and love on you and it's all okay. And versus, you know, that you don't want the, you know, them to have to deal with the teen pregnancy. So we get caught up in that. And right. I know, um, I remember, uh, when I was in high school, a gal got pregnant and she was, um, on the worship team and it was so scandalous. And they just kind of like, excommunicated her quietly because <laughs> she couldn't mm. be on the leadership team anymore and nobody right. talked about it we all kind of wondered well what why isn't she on the worship team anymore you know and right. so I love that I love that that you actually were you thought that if these women can love me maybe God still loves me because we are Jesus with skin on showing all of that in our in our love so that what what would you say, and we just have one minute, in ministering to teen moms, um, how how do you encourage people to reach out to young moms? You know, I would say, I mean, look what Jesus did. He was hanging out with the prostitutes, the tax collectors, you know, the woman at the well. I mean, everyone that the religious people was looking down on, Jesus was with them. And so really just love them with the love of God. All of us make mistakes. Teen pregnancy is one you could just see very obviously. You know, people are looking at pornography or drinking or cursing or watching movies they shouldn't. So really just realize it's no different than any other struggle that people go through. It just love them with the love of God and ask God to show you how you can reach out to them and how you can love them. Because it's a very, very difficult and hard time in their lives. And if there's someone they can step in and say, I want to help you, um, let's go to coffee. Tell me what you're struggling with. You know, here's some diapers it's going to make a really huge impact on that young woman's life. 
Well, and with that, we're going to take a break. This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Shh, listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better, forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We've been chatting with Trisha Goyer, and she is a busy mom of six and soon to be more, which we're going to be talking about in our, our last segment, but... She's the grandmother of two and a wife to John, which, as we were discussing, quite quite the scandal there, Trisha, that we can go into more. And she's also a best-selling author. Trisha has published 50 books to date and has written more than 500 articles. Well, Trisha, we went into the commercial break, and we were just discussing a little bit about your background and also just how the women at your church and through Bible study surrounded you with love and so many times in the church, we struggle with that. Some people particularly uh, have trouble differentiating between helping teen moms and providing for their needs and openly condoning and supporting you know, just those that are out of wedlock pregnancies. And what what do you specifically um, help to encourage or what do you say to these people that are having a hard time, like wrapping their arms around teen moms? Well, you know, I've never seen a young girl look at maybe another girl getting a baby shower and think, I'm going to get pregnant just so I could have a baby shower at my (laughs) church. I mean, they're just, that's not even, 
you know, and we're really not condoning the fact that the person had sex outside of marriage. We are showing that life is precious. You know, Psalm 139, I created you in your mother's womb. I mean, life is precious. We need to appreciate that. And, you know, if, we're, if we really believe that, you know, children are important and, and God has created them, then we need to love these young women. Because when we help a teen mom, we're actually helping two people. We're helping her and we're helping her child. And, you know, now my son is 25. He's awesome, married to a wonderful young woman. They have two little kids that are three and one years old, and this is impacting generations. Because mm-hmm. those women reached out to me, and my life changed. I looked to God. You know, I, I married. I was able to raise my son to love God and be a good person. Now he's raising his kids. Mm. Um, and so really, we just need to look ahead and saying, how would God love this person, and what can we do to reach out and help them? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. just, even just showing, just throw me a baby shower it's like it took one day out of their life and, you know, maybe a little planning, but it really, really impacted me and impacted my son, and now it's impacting his kids. That's so neat, and I love that. Look at the bigger picture, not just the, this yeah. little, you know, minuscule thing that's taking place. Um, okay, I have to go back to John. So Dad's a pastor. How did they um, look at this picture and see the big – at the time where they were going – oh, wow, what, what's John going to be taking on? Because it's really hard as a parent. You go, oh, that's, that could be a lot of baggage that you're bringing in here. You know, so right. how are they with taking you in and, and dealing with all of this? That's actually a great story, and no one asked me that, so I love sharing this story. Um, okay, so I would go to church with my mom during my high school years, like Easter and Christmas, you know I mean? I'd grown up in church, but by the high school years, I was not interested at all. So I knew the pastors. They knew me. And um, John was actually in the military when I was in high school. And he came back from a weekend leave, and he saw me at church. And he just thought I was beautiful. I mean, this was so fun to hear him tell the story. And he went and talked to his mom afterwards. And this was before I was pregnant. So this was just me, my teenage self. And they said, that's Trisha. Stay away from her. She's trouble. And so that's, you know... They were like, no, don't get involved in that girl. And he was a good boy, and he listened to his parents. Well, then fast forward a couple of years. Here I am, a couple of years older, pregnant, obviously, stomach sticking out. Um, and he, I mean, I started going to church. And really, it was like a complete 180 in my attitude. And I was, you know, going to church and really seeking God and going, you know, asking for prayer. I mean, my, I had completely changed my life. And his mom was one of the ones in the Bible study that was reaching out to me. I remember her coming over one day and praying with me, you know. And I'm like, lady, I don't want to sit here and pray with you, but she was so sweet. <laughs> um, and so after I had my son, it was his dad, the pastor, that actually called and said, hey, Trisha had her baby. And um, my uh, John uh, kind of led the – it was a small church, so he kind of led the young adult ministry. And so, he, you know, they would plan, like, trips or, you know, uh, campfire, whatever, outings and stuff. And so he just was trying to reach out to me, and he, he brought me a teddy bear and a card the day Corey was born and was just trying to be a friend. And then afterwards, it was actually our mom. So his mom, the pastor's wife, and my mom were like, oh, they would be so good together. I mean, so that just shows you how much I changed because yeah. his mother, two years prior, was like, stay away from her to where after I had Corey. She was actually like, maybe you should ask Trisha out, because she saw 
a big change in my life. And that mm-hmm. just shows you just how gracious they were as people. Uh, they completely accepted me. They completely accepted Corey. Um, you know, they are wonderful in-laws. They just came and stayed with us two weeks, uh, a couple weeks ago, and they've just been so loving and supportive. So it just shows you that they were very, very gracious to me, too. Well, you know what's what's so cool about that, Trisha, is is um, you know they they didn't see you as um, they didn't label you or categorize right, you right. and and keep you and let that define you. They saw more in you, um, and and saw you beyond the circumstance and as a single mom and how you know not in a you know in a very non judgmental way and like you said, grace and love and um, you know they had every right to go okay you know if if our son hooks up with her you know single mom the statistics say um, you know and this is probably you know this could go bad and what if she reverts back and you can have all the conversation and I just remember like even my husband he came from a um, a broken home never met his dad um, mom not a believer just you know very broken and and um, and and he didn't become a believer to like senior year in high school. And, and I, you know, I was raised in the church and I just remember, you know, if, if I would have listened, you know, if we would have had the books today and a lot of the things today, they would have said, run from this guy, you know, <laughs> right, exactly. you know, run from him. There's no hope. He's a new, newer believer and, you know, in his family background. And yet that the situation he grew up in, he's been the most amazing dad and husband. Cause he's like, my kids, and I will not experience what I experience. And he totally has immersed himself in the, you know, and, you know, he's a, he's a pastor. And it's, it's amazing how God does transform, redeem, and you don't have to be labeled. And you don't have to listen to the statistics because there is more to a person than their past. And, I, you know, even your new book, it's called Teen Mom, You're Stronger Than You Think. And it's like you are stronger than you think. There is more to you than you think. And so talk a little bit about that, because I think it's so easy to even for ourselves to revert back um, to, you know, and going, you know, maybe I really am just this and allowing other people to to you know, project certain things onto you. How do you really encourage, a, you know, a teen to go, you know, you're not that that doesn't define you and you are stronger. You are more than you think. Absolutely. Well, I love that question. And Really, I learned I was stronger than I thought I was when I was able to turn to God. Um, and through the book, you know, we, we talk about the nine needs of the mom from, you know, education to growth to identity. I mean, those are all of that very valid needs and things that they need that need help. But really, we are strong when we can look to God and we can say, I cannot do this. I need your help. And that, you know, when I was able to surrender my own will and, and say, God, I, I really need you, I need you to be a mom, and then later I need you to be a wife, that's where I found the strength. And so, so many times that we do, we get stuck in the same situations. A lot of the teen moms that I work with, they were raised with, uh, by single moms. You know, they've never had a father figure. And, and just say, okay, this is where you came from. Where do you want to go? Who do you want to be? Um, what little tiny step can you take today to, you know, fulfill your dream? And God is there helping you. He's there. If you turn to him and pray to him, it's just getting them, again, to get a perspective of I don't have to stay where I am, and I can follow my dreams, and God is there to help me. And, you know, the last chapter of the book talks about hope, and that had, that was the strongest thing in my life, just having hope that there, I can have a good future changed everything. And it's just encouraging your mom. You don't. You don't have to stay where you are. 
Um, I work in inner city Little Rock now, where there's a lot of poverty. There's gang violence. I mean, some of my one of my young moms has lost two uh, well, baby daddies to gang violence. They've both been killed, and I'm like, okay, this is where you are. Where do you want to go? They just need people to speak into their lives and to believe in them, and then encourage them. And it's amazing. Um, when you have someone that believes in you, what changes you can make and realize, hey, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. That is, it's so big. Lisa and I talk about that all the time. If everybody could just have one advocate, you know, you just need mm-hmm. one person to believe in you and it, it changes everything. And you watch, you know, so many kids and I commend you for, for where you're working and what you're doing and volunteering there that um, just, these kids don't have someone believing in them, so they just keep spiraling down into a, a bad place. I, I have to ask you a question because this is a – I wouldn't say it's a popular show in my household, but it's definitely um, – I, I walked in the room and my girls are watching the MTV show with the, the teen mom. I don't even know the, the name of it, but I'm just curious what you think about that. Do you think they glamorize the whole being a teen mom, or do you think they give it a, a pretty good perspective on on what takes place here? Basically, are you for the show or against it? <laughs> okay, so I, I think they do both. Um, I'm mostly against it, but I think it does do kind of a reality check of how hard it is being a teen mom, but they have made these teenage mothers, I mean, they're on the covers of magazines, they're, you know, obviously paid to be on the show, I mean, they, you know, they, basically they're glamorizing the, the drama and the conflict and the mess-ups that these girls are in. What I would love to see is a show that would take a teen mom and like, okay, what are your dreams? How can mm-hmm. we help you fulfill them? Let's help you sign up for college. It's kind of like a total makeover show, but for the, like, helping them. So, I mean, people are obviously drawn in because there's so much drama. I, I mean, I see the drama just in the teen moms that I work with. So it does give you a reality check of how hard it is and what happens if the boyfriend's not around and all that. But, you know, I just think that if there's going to be a show, they could just do it so much better by helping them instead of just watching them spiral downward. Mm. Well, and, you know, it, and it... it we have to make it drama for TV. We have to create that, exactly. that, you know, where we'll lean in and go, wow. And, you know, life in itself has, has, has enough drama, just, you know, surviving and stuff. And it's like, then we, we need to really accentuate it and really, it, cause it sells. And that, right. that's really sad. Cause then you, it goes back to a statistic kind of thing. Well, we're going to take another break and I, we're really excited to come back and talk to you more about, cause we know you're entering this adoption and you know, this whole thing is near to our heart. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. 
That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We have been talking with Trisha Goyer, who is a busy mom of six, grandmother of two, and wife to John. She's also a best-selling author, and she has published 50 books to date, has written more than 500 articles. Her newest book, Teen Mom, You Are Stronger Than You Think, obviously comes from a very personal place for Trisha. And um, just it, going into our, our last break there, we were talking about... Um, uh, you are definitely stronger than you think. And, and Lisa and I, we were had, I can't even remember um, what show it was. I think it was just a couple weeks ago, though, how um, one of our guests had talked about we are created in his image, not in his weakness. And Lisa, you had just mentioned before we went on break that life in itself has enough drama. Uh, we don't need to create even more drama. And I have to say, Trisha, on break, you were telling us about um, you already have six kids and now you're talking about adopting four more. So talk about drama. Um, I, there's a reality show right there. you got to tell <laughs> us what's going on with that and what are you possibly thinking and um, I have to say there's a little part of me that you can make me feel guilty by. <laughs> it's like, okay, I know, I know that, you know, that would just, if we all just took on one child in the foster right. care you know, system, we would be making just leaps and bounds. Um, so this is so cool. So tell us a little bit about how God has worked on your heart in um, now going in and adopting. Okay, well, we, you know, we have three biological kids and, you're, uh, you know, Ten years ago, John and I just felt too called to adopt, and we tried to adopt from China, um, and they basically, right when our paperwork was over there, they stopped adopting healthy baby girls out, and I was just so discouraged. My heart was just broken, mm. and I'm like, oh, God, you know, I just, I just want to adopt, and um, finally, one day, I just prayed, and like, I just turn it over to you. You just bring the children in that you plan, instead of me force, trying to force my plan. Um, that very day, we got a call from a mutual friend 
who knew a birth mom that was looking for a family. And um, so in uh, March of 2010, we adopted Alyssa um, as a newborn. And that was just a beautiful process, having this sweet baby girl. Um, and then Joan and I wanted to adopt again, you know, because we, we had three older kids, and we, she was just getting spoiled rotten. <laughs> the only little one. Um, but adoption is so expensive. We'd already spent a lot of money in China, and nothing happened. We spent a lot of money because of the private adoption with Alyssa, and we were just like, we don't have any more money to put into this. And John went to lunch with a friend who had adopted, and he said, you know, it doesn't cost anything to adopt from foster care, which is something we did not even know. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up calling and getting more information, and we went through the processes of, you know, home studies and nine weeks of training, but, you know, pretty soon our house was open, and we were matched with a little girl who was five and a little boy who was two. They both had special needs. Um, they had been through a lot of trauma, so they had behavioral issues. And, you know, from day one when we had it, it was like, what are we thinking? There was a lot of issues with these kids, but we got awesome, awesome therapy. Um, and every week we've been taking therapy, each one of them once a week, and we would just see behaviors just dropping off. Like, therapist like this is how you handle this situation and this is what you need to do for here and we just saw this huge transformation in their lives and now they're seven and four and really you would not even be able to tell that they have so many issues um to begin with and so again all of a sudden god starts poking our heart again and mm -hmm. we just know there's so many kids in the foster care that need families um in, in arkansas where i live there's 600 kids that are open for adoption and they just need family uh, and so we started praying about it and thinking about it. And because I work with teen moms, we have four young women in our support group that were from the foster care system. And pretty much as soon as they age out, um, they end up finding a boyfriend and getting pregnant because they have no family. They have nowhere to turn. Mm -hmm. And here's these guys. And so we've specifically felt called to girls and older girls because we knew that once they age out, that this is kind of they end up these pregnant single teenage moms. And so we um, let uh, the caseworkers know, and they matched us with a sibling group of four girls. Mm -hmm. And so they are 15, 12, 12, and 10. Um, they're, yeah, they're all sisters, and we started visits, weekend visits and stuff with them about a month and a half ago. We had them for a week over spring break, and, you know, we're just in the process of adding them into our family. And, yeah, it's bringing drama. It's bringing noise. It's bringing busyness. <laughs> but our little kids are so excited about having them, and the, the girls are so excited to have a family. They've been in and out of foster care since 2009, um, and they've been in a group home. So at Children's, it's kind of like an orphanage since 2011. So mm -hmm. just to have a family and go do family things and uh, watch movies together, I mean, they... Uh, just are so excited to be part of a family. Well, I got to tell you, Trisha, it, that just, um, I don't cry as Patty knows, um, but this <laughs> kind of things, um, I, I just get, I can get weepy because you literally, I'm watching our, um, our son and daughter-in-law who have a huge heart for this. In, in Arizona, there's like 15,000 kids in the foster system and wow. um, it's broken. And so we're really trying to, even as a church family go, you know, we want to be a part of the solution. And um, so we're really trying to encourage, you know, a lot of our families are entering into the and um, and trying to you know love children and bring them into their homes and um, we have a little foster 
guy in, in our home and um, with my, do my, my kids. And it is just amazing to just see that you get a chance to join God in changing somebody's story. And um, I mean, it's, it's thrilling. And, and like you said, it, it comes with a lot of challenges. Um, and, and what's cool is my kids would want to be a part of the, the biological mom's life too. Like, cause like you said, they, they need love and, and they're right. broke. So they're going to continue the same, you know, things. And so it's like, how do we love them too? And, and both generations, but you, like you said earlier, you're, you're changing another generation, um, and generations to come possibly too, by just touching one life and loving a, a child. Well, and I got to tell you, it was really cool. A couple of weeks ago, we, um, we had quite a few baptisms at our church, and I was in the back um, with a lot of the people that were were getting baptized. And um, I saw these two two gals, and they were just you know standing there with tears streaming down their face. And so you know, there's a story. So I went up to them. I go, "Okay, what's the story here?" Well, one um, one gal has uh, adopted. Uh, she had these two of two four-year-old boys and she's standing next to the biological mom of these boys. And this mom had these boys when she was 15 and this, this other family has adopted them, but they kind of brought her along in the family too. And so the adoptive mom was baptizing the biological mom and she's now 19 and a half and just, they were weeping and, and in the baptistry, they are just, they are like embracing, like they didn't want to let go of each other. And, it was so amazing and powerful to see this because they had brought the mom along too and let her be a part of it and part of, you know, the boys and their story. And just to see that, how God does restore and redeem and how you get to be a part of it. I mean, that's one of those things you go, there's nothing in the world that's better than that. So it right, is, absolutely. it is so cool and just admire you. And like you said, you're entering that whole messiness and drama. Like we're here, you and John, they've been married, um, 25 years, you could be at that part where you could totally be empty nesters, which I got to say is a great, is a great place to be. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, and yet you guys are choosing to have, you know, seven more kids and not, and not an easy path. And so just thank you for, for being obedient to what God's calling in your life and to just being an example and, and truly loving well. So just explain a little bit to those maybe going, Ugh, I wonder if I could be do something like that. What does it look like? Um, you know, where do you see God work in all that? You know, it, I, I had to say something that was funny because we were just talking about that. You know, it was our anniversary. We had just we just bought this weekend a 12-passenger van. And we're joking. We're like, <laughs> we could totally have our little convertible right now. Uh, <laughs> but both of us totally agree we would have it no other way. Because we, I mean, we see these lives are completely changed. They're, you know, they're impacted. Um, and for those interested in adopting from the foster care, I mean, there are so many kind of horror stories we hear about how difficult kids are. And I will have to say the first six months with Casey and Bella, who are seven and four and out, was really hard. It was really challenging. We were exhausted. But to see them change and grow and find healing and just become part of our family and connect with us. I mean, they, you know, didn't even have the ability to attach to people. And just to see now, that's what, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in the driveway right now because I know as soon as I walk in my house, they're going to be all over me. Mommy, mommy, mommy. I mean, they are completely different kids. And God does that God, through prayer, through, you know, bringing us the right therapy, 
their lives are completely different. Um, these these four girls that we are looking to adopt, I mean, they are just like, they'll look at each other. I remember the first time we sat around our dinner table, and one turned to each other, and they said, it's like a real family meal with a real family. You know, they, I mean, just uh-huh. these little things that I think we take for granted mm-hmm. are huge to them. We, we went on a bike ride last Saturday, and they're like, we're going on a family bike ride. I mean, they oh. haven't had this, and it really just will change and impact their lives and show them this is what a family is about. This is, mm-hmm. And, we, you know, we talk all the time, we pray for you. You know, God brought you. We, they asked us, one of them specifically asked us many times, why are you wanting to adopt us? Why did you pick us? And we just talked about, you know, we just prayed, and, and God brought you, you know, the social worker brought you, and we looked at your picture, and we just knew that God had you planned to be part of our family, and that is a perfect example of what God does to us when we are adopted into his family. Like, he gives us this forever home, and we're just able to talk to these girls about that, and they understand it more, and they have this mom, and they have this dad, and, you know, I think they like me. I They love John. <laughs> you know, they've never had this good male role model. They'll you know, he'll be working on his computer because he works from home. They'll just be sitting in the room with him just to be near him. Um, and it's just amazing to see that just going through life, going through normal family life is a huge gift to these children. Mm. Well, Trisha, your story is inspiring on so many levels and how God has totally taken your journey and he's multiplied it and he's used it to just touch so many lives and, and it's ongoing. Um, we just want to remind our listeners, you can find more about you, your book and your heartbeat with all this at trishajoyer.com, T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R. And again, thank you for joining our show and just being our girlfriend and sitting around and just inspiring and encouraging and equipping so many others. We just appreciate your heart and just your journey. And we just appreciate you listening and joining our show and hopefully you're walking away Um, encourage whether you're sitting in your driveway or sitting in your home or sitting in a coffee shop. Go have a great day and make a difference. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.